Welcome, uh, Atlantis University. Good evening, everybody. So it's a pleasure to have you live with another podcast. I have uh, a very, very important guest. Uh, we're going to talk about a tremendously important topic, which is data privacy. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. And with that, I have my distinguished friend, Marcio Kotz. Lots of experience in data privacy. We're going to cover what's data privacy from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, what is, what's going on, what, is hap what has happened, what will happen. But before that, I want to ask Marcio, first of all, Marcio, welcome. And Thank you. Thanks for being available to share with us some of your ideas, your experience, My your pleasure. You know, recommendations, etc. So let's start with introducing you. So tell me, tell us about, a little bit about yourself, your history, what you're doing, what's going on, and then we go from there. Okay, um, I've been working with data privacy for more than 15 years. Um, You're not on the screen I'm, anymore? Yeah. I'm a European and Brazilian data privacy lawyer. Uh, nowadays, I'm the chief operation officer for Get Global International. Uh, we are a data privacy consultancy uh, based here in the US, but also with offices in Europe and South America. So we help companies to get compliant with data privacy and uh, in some other places we also you know conduct some training on data privacy for people who wants to to work with with the with data privacy mm -hmm. and, and tell me something so uh, that uh, let's start with the basics so what is data privacy so mm -hmm. i think people it's very confused about the, the term data privacy. i think everybody has some ideas but I don't think they understand truly what data privacy is. So tell us about what is data privacy? Definitely, that's a very good question. Yeah, but there is a, min a misunderstanding uh, and people think data privacy as data protection. Mm -hmm. um, people think that once I have the, the personal information, uh, the data protected, I am fine. But data privacy is a little bit different. It's more into the way that companies um, um, use personal information. So of course, you need to protect personal information. But on the other hand, it doesn't matter if the, the data is protected, if you are not using the personal information uh, compliant with the regulation. Oh, so it's interesting. So it also these changes country to country, right? Yeah, pretty and much. This is another thing that we discussed a little bit before the session. That yeah, different countries, different regions of the mm -hmm. world have different tell us a little bit more about what's going on first in the United States, in Europe, okay. Latin America, and if you can, in Asia, because another yeah. market is quite interesting. You know? Yeah, Get Global, Inter uh, Get Global International slogan is data privacy nowadays is global, mm -hmm. Be because it is. Um, so here in the US, we have one specific standard uh, because here in the US, the regulation is more sectorial. Um, so uh, industries like uh, finance or health industry um, has been regulated for many years. But um, right now, um, every state has, or some of them, actually 12 of them, already have a more comprehensive data protection or data privacy regulation. Uh, so it's it's becoming not so sectorial, and as I said, it's more comprehensive. So states uh, such as California, Texas, Connecticut, Utah, Virginia, they already have data privacy uh, laws. 
So uh, things are changing here in the United States. Um, just to give you another example, I was at um, an event just right before I came here for hotels. Mm -hmm. And uh, three different speakers mentioned data privacy because for the hotel industry, that's right. very important. Um, so just to give you an example, in Europe, uh, that's different. I would say that that's a place where data privacy is more mature. Um, they have what they call the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Mm -hmm. um, it has been enforceable for about four years, I would say. And therefore, the whole market, the whole society um, is already has done all the changes that they were supposed to do to get compliant with uh, the regulation. So most of the business know what data privacy is. They have changed some of the, mm -hmm. their procedures and the way they handle personal information. And a lot of uh, professionals have become, uh, have actually switched the career to now be a data privacy mm -hmm. professional. Um, some other countries in Latin America, such as Argentina, Brazil, uh, Colombia, they also have their own data privacy regulation. The, most of them, they follow the European uh, standard. Uh, but just uh, to so you can understand a little bit better, besides Europe and, and the US, India has just mm -hmm. passed its own data privacy regulation. And even China has it's data privacy regulation. So definitely data privacy nowadays is global. Yeah, it's definitely global. And, and in that context, for example, um, give us some uh, uh, things or issues that we see in different businesses. For example, mm -hmm. oil and gas, traditional internet, well, most of the business can be international. But let's say, for example, oil and gas, technology, re, uh, automotive, et cetera, companies that operate at a global level. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the, like, for example, large food and beverage, et cetera, cosmetics, they are global, right, in that, in, for that matter. So what is the challenge for them first? I want to ask you about the challenges in terms of data privacy. Then we're going to switch in the business side about the opportunities that you see, because data privacy seems to be something that will reduce, will constrict, will, will make it difficult or more controlled, et cetera, which in theory, it will be a more problems than solution. But perhaps there are opportunities to explore with those as well. So let's start with the challenges okay. for the global business. You know, Yeah, for, for international business, definitely it's a big challenge because let's say some of our clients, um, they, they do business in the US, they do business in, in, in Latin America, mm -hmm. they do business in Europe, they do business in India. And um, every country has its own data privacy regulation so uh, it's 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 a challenge to have um, an international or global data privacy compliance program um, our company we have a podcast and of course we talk about data privacy mm -hmm. uh, the last guest was the global data privacy officer for twitter or x and uh, we were actually talking about the challenge to to deal with data privacy in uh, in a global or international scale. So definitely that's the biggest challenge for international business because you need to be compliant to, mm. with the local regulation right. and, um, and uh, not all, all of them follow the same standard. Uh, therefore, you definitely need to understand 
how to manage those things in, in, in those places. For local business, um, especially here in the US, uh, it's pretty much the same kind of uh, challenge mm -hmm. because every state has right. its own data privacy regulation. So let's say that you are selling to California or and also Colorado, they have different data privacy mm. laws. Um, for example, in California, you have what they call do not sell or share my data. Uh, you're not going to find anything like that in any other uh, state of regulation. Um, so you will have to deal with a local regulation if you are selling to those states. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges. But there are some others. Um, for example, it's a cultural change. So it's not easy to even make your employees to understand that things mm. should be done in a different way. Uh, so it takes time it, because you got to change the mindset. Mm -hmm. it, um, in the past, it was all about collecting data and data and data. Uh, but now, uh, one of the principles of most of data privacy regulations is the business purpose. That means that you cannot collect and use data for a different purpose. Uh, and, and, and if it's not aligned with the, the, the business purpose, the reason why you exist, you cannot collect or use that a PII, that personal information. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's another challenge, the, 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 the mindset. Right. I know this is interesting because the, uh, it makes the, uh, the, the processes in the organization a lot more, I would say complicated, but a lot more expanded. It is. At the end of the day, it is. You need to consider lots of inputs from, for example, manufacturing, logistics, you know. But for example, I have been in environments where we connect with vendors mm -hmm. uh, electronically. So we connect with partners electronically, with customers. So we sh the organization share a lot of data, you know. Uh, so it's always a challenge to if that data that you share is protected in the other business, you protect it. What about your partner? What about your, exactly. your supply chain, your value chain, right? Are mm -hmm. they protecting as well, right? So I think there's a lot of opportunity for process. You said processes, mindset. Uh, technology. Tell me a little bit about, before we go to the opportunities, talk about the implications, because <laughs> as we were discussing before, a lot of people connect privacy with data protection, right? Mm -hmm. With cybersecurity, which is mm -hmm. definitely very important, but let's make, let's put things in the right place. Right? So tell us about technology in, mm -hmm. uh, in respect to data privacy. Yeah, that's another challenge because um, all the softwares at this point, they didn't have to comply with the data protection or data yeah, privacy right. regulation because they didn't exist. Uh, therefore, even the softwares, they need to go through an assessment. So we got to understand what kind of personal information mm -hmm. the software collect, where the data is storage, uh, who the, the data is shared with, um, who has access to the data? What's the purpose why we are collecting the data? Those things need to be answered because that's part of the regulation. So even the softwares, mm -hmm. the solutions, they will have to go through the assessment. How does it work? We actually try to understand all those things uh, when we work uh, trying to make a software compliant with the regulation and we have like almost hundreds of uh, software companies as clients, uh, we, we get to understand um, how 
the front end and the back end of the software deals with data privacy. Mm -hmm. And once we understand the whole thing, we come up with what we call gap analysis. So right. we are going to point all the gaps and the things you should change in order to be compliant with regulation. Mm -hmm. And when I mean change, it's either procedures, so it should change the way you are processing personal information, or it could be training, the mindset. Let's say that one specific area needs some training. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a documentation. Sometimes you, you gotta bring the lawyer to take care of it. Uh, or sometimes it's, it's, it's more software. Mm -hmm. um, there is what we call nowadays PETS, Privacy Enhancement Technology. So there, there are softwares that um, are gonna be able to help you to make your software uh, a little bit more data privacy uh, compliant mm -hmm. because uh, they, they have things that will solve some privacy issues like uh, encryptions and things like that. Um, so nowadays the new softwares, they need to consider data privacy from scratch. So that's why in, in our field, we have what we call privacy by design. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you definitely need uh, to think about, as I said, from scratch, from the beginning, because it needs to be part of the whole project. Right. Um, so that's a challenge, but on the other hand, it might be an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And, and also the other thing is about uh, mobility, right? For example, a lot of people connect, many countries, they are mobile first. Mm -hmm. The individuals connect, uh, doing business in many, many countries, they don't have a laptop, they don't have a desktop computer, they are mobile first. So these organizations, these places, once they got more connected, which is happening because a lot of the emerging markets, the networks are newer than the networks that you see in the developed world because they started from scratch and the networks in the developed world were are very old ones that, that kept evolving, right? So in these places, I think there's even more challenges, right? When they start to be more uh, engaged in the in integration in those emerging market countries, because they don't have pretty much anything and they're very mobile so it's a lot of mm -hmm. mobiles are, are easy to hack mm -hmm. so or, uh, they should not say easy to hack they're easier to hack technically speaking so which exposes a lot of personal data you know that, which also may have implications to business and things like that right yeah yeah but on the other hand if it's a new infrastructure mm -hmm. it, it could from scratch consider privacy. Right. So those places such as Brazil, Colombia and Argentina, they already have data privacy regulations. So if they are building new things, they should be considering privacy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So big countries like the US with uh, all the infrastructure that already is in place to change that, right, right. it might be a little bit more complicated. Right. You do know what I mean? So, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be a challenge for every country, for the whole world. It's a game change, mm -hmm. and uh, things are starting to change. Let's 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 um, um, you know. Let's talk about Europe, for example. A lot of things had to change and already changed because of the general data protection mm -hmm. regulation. Business needed to understand what kind of data they they. They need to use not only the data they they handle, they use or they have. 
uh, they had to change many different procedures. Mm -hmm. That's why, unfortunately, uh, some big techs, big companies in the tech industry uh, need um, to deal with uh, European governments because uh, definitely we need to find a balance between data privacy and the innovation. Right. So maybe that's one of the reasons why the U.S. doesn't have a, a more comprehensive data privacy regulation in a federal level, because definitely that's 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 a, a barrier. That's that's something that will definitely make things a little bit more complicated. Right. But on the other hand, we have the individual's right of privacy. So that's something that we, we got to find about. And this is something I wanted to talk about, although I don't think we have time to cover this angle, which I want to tell you about is what you just mentioned about the individual privacy and the government. So that relationship, how much is private to you? How much can be accessed by the government? It depends on the government. Exactly. Yeah. Some, in what conditions, in what circumstances, when people access like personal bank accounts, etc. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This is a whole new discussion oh yeah definitely uh, but know, just to give you session. yeah have a different session yeah no no sure but just to so give much, you, you know? an idea it depends on the government right um countries that follow the gdpr the general data protection regulation most of them uh, they even the government needs to be compliant with the right. regulation mm -hmm. period some other some other places the government is a different way, a different thing, it, and it doesn't mean that the, the government itself needs to be compliant with the regulation. Exactly. No, I think we should have maybe in the future another session because yeah. to kind of connect like the individual rights, government, all the stuff about society. But we are focused more on on, business, on the yeah. business and the individual, the people. Of from, a, from a personal standpoint, like you know, connecting, being exposed, etc. So now we talk about the problems or challenges, right? Let's shift gears. To the opportunity. So, where you see for companies, for consultants, for individual, let's the opportunities. Okay. What are they? Okay. Let's start with companies. Um, the first, the first opportunity is to reveal your procedures. Mm -hmm. So, by doing a data privacy assessment, you will have the opportunity to understand a little bit better even your organization. The second thing is trust. Many companies, they invest some money marketing yeah. because they want to appear right. um, um, as um, um, a company that is transparent. Right. Um, let's use Apple as an example. They invest some money because they want to send the message that they don't use your personal information for other purpose besides the use of their devices, mm -hmm. for example. So that's another uh, opportunity. Um, for, for on, the, on the business side, many opportunities. Consultancy, definitely. Just to give you an example, the IAPP, the International Association for Privacy Professionals, mm -hmm. they say that if the US passes a federal, a more comprehensive data privacy regulation, the US will need more than 100,000 data privacy consultants mm -hmm. because the whole market will have to change things in order to comply with the regulation. So that's, that's definitely a big opportunity. Um, software, definitely. Yes, uh, software is to yeah. help companies to get right. compliant. Right. Let, 
I'm going to give you another example. Most of the regulations, they come with a bunch of uh, different uh, um, consumers' rights. Mm -hmm. um, so softwares are going to help you to get the request, to check the information, to send the answer for that specific request. That's just uh, one example. The other one, most of them, um, they say that you as a business need the consent to use the personal information. How do you manage that without right. a software? Right, so right. software, definitely. Uh, cybersecurity. Cybersecurity usually is a, a the, is part of best practice. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, is not best practice. That's uh, a legal requirement mm -hmm. because yes, absolutely. Yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you, you can be compliant with the regulation uh, by using the personal information lawfully or compliant with the regulation. But if there is a data leak, you are going to get a fine and exactly. be sued and yeah. things like that. So a lot of opportunities on that side. For, um, for professionals, I've, I've been working in Europe and in many other countries. I'm a European and Brazilian lawyer. So that means that um, I've managed more than 200 uh, uh, development and implementation of data privacy programs. And I have seen professionals switching careers because of the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So let's yeah. say that you've been working with cybersecurity for many years, and maybe you want to change. Maybe data privacy might be a good fit for you. Uh, compliance uh, professionals, maybe data privacy, right. even lawyers, you've been working with, with the business, but maybe now a data privacy might be an opportunity for you as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I, I think the data privacy is is here definitely to stay, right? In all, oh, yeah. in, well, for the students that are watching us and other people that will watch later, um, cybersecurity, business processes, the value chain, all those things are you know, embedded and, and will embed and are embedding elements of data privacy. It will be part of the way we do business, the way we live and things like that. As we were discussing before, as you expand to have, for example, Internet of Things, we have more devices connected and we're going to have billions of devices. So all these links of connectivity are potential points of failure, So which exposes the data. So I see the future that privacy, cyber, processes become almost like a single thing, yep. you know, because they all have to work together, almost like a, 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 a strange animal yep. that has to work together because there's no separation anymore. Yeah. You know? and, and even us as professionals, we become yeah. this stranger thing. Uh, uh, because as a lawyer, I need to understand technology yeah. nowadays, right? In the past, that was something like, well, lawyers, they don't deal with technology. But nowadays, we got to understand how things work because everything is integrated. And um, definitely, um, artificial intelligence and IoT mm -hmm. will um, make things a little bit more complicated when it comes to yeah. data privacy. But again, if it's complicated, it might be a great opportunity. No, exactly. Well, you mentioned data, uh, artificial intelligence. The only way to have high quality artificial intelligence, and one of the reasons why artificial intelligence has not grown yet is developing, but it's still far away from what people think it is, 
um, is because of data, because mm -hmm. the data still has problems with data quality, data is all segregated, are in silos, etc. The more we connect and, and, the, and the algorithms of, data, of artificial intelligence learns, those algorithms will start to connect data from multiple sources, which increases the chances of like data privacy, you know, leaks and, and people getting to what they should not be getting and those kind of things, right? Hackers everywhere. So we got to move into a different world that, as you said, with artificial intelligence, but, but definitely for the students in business or technology or education. So there's a lot of opportunities to explore with data privacy, right? So mm -hmm. I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, Marcia, about a topic that I always ask, because one of the things I do in Atlanta University is career service. So I also work with the students to find positions for them, to prepare them for the job market, to train them in interviews, right, in terms of... So when you hire someone, what do you look for in this candidate? What are you looking for for... Whatever you want to answer about successful candidates or whatever, what do you yeah. look for? Nowadays, curiosity. Mm. I mean, you, you, you get a uh, one to understand and learn different things because it's mm -hmm. a new world. Therefore, you got to be uh, looking for new things. And, and, and that's, that's part of uh, learning different things mm -hmm. and different skills. Right. So definitely, that for me, that's the most important thing nowadays. Mm -hmm. Because for other careers that have been you know, um, here for a while, uh, maybe we would look for different things, but for data privacy, as it is, a, at least here in the U.S., such a new thing, um, we got to have people that, you know, definitely wants to look for new things and learn new things. So, yeah, but one thing I want to ask, besides looking for mm -hmm. the data privacy angle from a candidate pers you know, perspective, from his personality he's mm -hmm. what do you look for that is the technical side of that what do you look for that person as a to be a successful employer that uh, employee? that 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 um that desire to learn things mm. that's uh, i've been working uh, um, i got my green card based on what the american government calls extraordinary abilities mm -hmm. so i've been working for more than 20 years for you know thousands of people but, and uh, the, the kind of people I like to work with are people who definitely wants also always to be learning new things. Because sometimes at certain point in your career, you feel that you almost know everything. Mm -hmm. you, you get comfortable. Yeah. But the things are changing so fast, not only on privacy, but we've mentioned things that will happen, happen in the future. Uh -huh. So if we don't have that specific um, um, need for knowledge, for new things, for me, it just, um, it's not a good fit. I think, I think I agree with you in that point, Stan, and the point that we are in, a, in my opinion, although all the problems that we see, we are in exceptional times, right? Mm -hmm. That have so much stuff that young people can learn today. And we can still learn, right? We can still engage. So it's a unique opportunity which you continue to evolve uh, because people say uh, it is another conversation about how AI is going to you know, take jobs and this and that. But reality is that there's a huge opportunity for all of us to learn. And I agree with you. So people we have to have as professionals, regardless of the age, 
that you know desire and that energy that push to say i need to know i need to be hungry right mm -hmm. as i see jobs used to say stay foolish stay hungry so you have to be like a little foolish to get, try things yep but at the same time hunger these having this hunger for knowledge for the, the challenge you know and trying things and fail and success etc without the thinking that's a little bit of my humble view of just the material consequences, right? That let's, particularly when people are young, right? Just let it out, try things, and but with that foundation. All right, Marshall, we got it close to the end. Before we open for questions, I just wanna give you the chance, any additional comments, any additional points you wanna to add to our uh, meeting today in terms of things that you wanted to close? Uh, yeah, for sure. First of all, thank you so much for having no, me welcome. here. It was a pleasure. And um, and definitely, I think that uh, most of the students and 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 even the the businessmen, they should definitely, you know, start learning a little bit more about data privacy, mm -hmm. um, because that's definitely something that will be part of our daily routine. And so, uh, as soon as we learn how to deal with data privacy, mm -hmm. it means that we are going to spend less money and maybe take advantage of the opportunities that we have spoke here so mm -hmm. well uh so thanks marcia one more time so i'm going to open for questions from the audience uh first of all it's always a pleasure to have like distinguished guests but it's also very important that our students and professors and the audience in general have the opportunity to ask questions is that uh, so if i have uh, if anybody has any question uh, feel free to ask marcia is going to be here just to help you to answer Hello, Professor Lima. This is Professor Thompson. How are you doing this evening? Correct. Thank you. Good. Uh, the first question I have is, is artificial intelligence um, help cybersecurity or is something that's hurting cybersecurity? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, for example, Europe is just about to pass a regulation on artificial intelligence. Mm. So the European government, they think that the answer for your question is that artificial intelligence will definitely uh, be a, a problem for cybersecurity. Mm. That's the way they see it. So just to give you an example, that regulation we will stipulate what um, some kind of technologies that won't even be allowed. Mm. And some of them are uh, technologies that we are already using, like face, uh, fa facial recognition. Mm -hmm. So the answer to your question, at least from the government uh, perspective in Europe, is that definitely it's, it's, uh, it's a problem, um, an issue to be addressed. So um, here in the US, there are some regulations on artificial intelligence. Not many people know, but the FTC, they have uh, some regulations on that matter. And, um, and I can point you some, some issues, some, uh, uh, some harms that artificial intelligence can you know, bring to the society because it has already happened, mm -hmm. right? Um, so if you ask, um, we've seen things like, uh, I wanna search, about some specific person and um, the, the artificial intelligence may answer that that person has been arrested and things that, that, like that. And, and that's not accurate. I mean, it's not true. So, and it has already happened. Mm -hmm. So definitely it's something that we right. need uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, thank you, Marcio. So more questions, more questions from our uh, 
distinguished audience. So Amanda, I don't, I don't hear Amanda's over there, but I don't hear her. So yeah, me neither. While she's getting her uh, mic on, I was just wondering: Are corporations, is this cyber cybersecurity, is this falling under the compliance law or under IT still? Is, are they setting up a new division, or is it still under IT, or is it under a compliance officer? Um, actually, uh, data privacy usually uh, goes under uh, compliance. Um, sometimes it's a new area because even the compliance area, they use personal information. Um, so sometimes it's, it works like a side mm -hmm. uh, by side, the, the, compli the compliance area. Um, but cybersecurity, mo most of the time, um, same thing. It's either an in independent area or sometimes it goes uh, under the IT umbrella. Mm. Okay. So any more questions? I think you have, uh, I have a, a hand. Do you think it's working now? Yes, no, is it no, working now? Yes, okay. it is. Okay. So um, to formulate my question, I think it's, I need to um, explain a little bit my, my point of view. So some years ago, Google Maps helped me by kind of, I don't know if it was stealing my data, but I was traveling to a place and um, Google Maps explained to me that maybe when I arrived at, at that place, the um, Google Maps, like the whole internet in my cell phone, would not able to work. So they explained to me a new feature, feature um, about download the map before. So then I will be able to like use Google Maps without internet connection. So my question is, um, do you think this kind of thing that sometimes um, Google or I mean, big, big companies at all can help a user because when I was traveling, I used a lot Google Maps, especially because I was not able to connect and because I downloaded it before I was able to. Um, my question is how, a comp two questions I think first, what do you think about it and how um, a company can imagine the fact that the company needs to follow um, some guides and some rules about data protection, but also how can uh, a company help the user to be able to use features and things like that. Okay, that's a very good question because data privacy regulation, most of the time, they don't say that you can't, I mean, the company can't use your personal information. What they are trying to, to target is the opportunity to give to the individual the right to tell the company what the company can and cannot do with their own personal information. So um, I used to be um, a prof uh, professor at an university and uh, usually told my students that the individual will have the right to tell what the company should do with their own personal information. And I usually told them, if you take all my personal information out of the Amazon, uh, database, I'm going to get angry because people think that a data privacy profession doesn't want any company to deal with their personal information. No, no, I'm okay with Amazon because usually the experience with Amazon, that's just my opinion, is so good. They usually, uh, you know, uh, tell me what kind of a new book would be of my interest 
and most of the time they are right. Uh, sometimes, or most of the times, they even know me better than I do, you know? So it's my right to let them use my personal information mm -hmm. if I will. Um, same thing, if you think that it's helpful for you, definitely just hit the button and give the consent. But you gotta have the right to not give the consent if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. So transparency, for example, is a key thing for data privacy. They need to tell you what kind of uh, use they will have uh, um, in, when they handle your personal information. So I hope that answers your question, but uh, the, the regulation usually they just want to give the opportunity to the individual to decide what should be done with their personal information. Right, right. So uh, more Thank questions. You. Uh, You're welcome. Anybody else has another question for Marcio that uh, wants to take the opportunity to ask him? Go ahead. Go ahead. Marcio, um, so I have a question. You mentioned that, um, so in the United States, different than what we have in Europe, Europe has GDPR, right? Which I think has, um, is kind of the mark for, for I guess, privacy and data protection. Um, a lot of people in the business world say that data is the new petroleum, right? And we see a lot of fintechs, we see a lot of companies um, that pretty much, especially when we think, I guess, of startups, um, at least in the financial market, which is what I've worked with, um, a lot of what they do and a lot of the innovation that they bring is from the data that they use. So my question to you is, um, how do you see that happening in, you know, in the United States? Do you see it? Do you see the Congress or do you see the Senate? Do you see um, people working towards having some sort of um, broader regulation? Or do you think that, I know that today California has the most strict regulation, right? Um, but mm -hmm. besides that, in the United States, what are your thoughts? How, how do you feel like the American market is being treated? Yeah, big companies, they already uh, deal with data privacy in a way that they should, most of them, right? Because they have, uh, I usually say that they have a lot to lose. So they, most of them, they have um, a more comprehensive data privacy compliance program. Um, as I mentioned before, we have a podcast and we bring those big companies to talk about data privacy and we talk about data privacy because they have a data privacy mm -hmm. program in place right. so the big ones they already uh you know address the issue properly and uh, that that's the same thing that has happened in all the countries uh, when they were in the process of changing the mindset uh, big companies, they get compliant first because they have a lot to lose. Then they start, um, you know, asking their vendors to get compliant because it's part of an ecosystem. So then the smaller company needs to be compliant. Otherwise, they are not going to sell to the big ones. And it goes and it follows, um, you know, until the whole market gets compliant. Here in the U.S., we are just with the big companies. Mm. It's just starting. Um, so as, as I said before, I was at this hotel um, event. When I spoke with like uh, executives from big hotel chains, they knew what I was talking about. They, 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 they had something to add to the discussion. Right. But small hotels, no, 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 no. 
Um, I have so many other things to take care of. Mm -hmm. Data privacy is not an issue here in the United States. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of answer that I got from them. So to answer your question, um, here in the US it's just starting, mm -hmm. but in some industry, right. that's different. Finance, like you mentioned that you work for, the, for, for fintechs, um, they should be worried about data privacy because that specific industry right. has been regulated for a while yeah. here in the US and also also the same thing for the health industry. Yeah, now, believe it or not, the healthcare industry started in IT or systems later, mm -hmm. but all the HIPAA and everything else, they have uh, catch up, they're catching up uh, um, quite a bit. So any other questions from our audience to my... Yes. How are you, uh, Professor Lehman? How are you? Um, yes, I'm uh, 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 My curiosity, well, I mean, the curiosity of, uh, of many people, and probably don't get me as a consp conspiracy theorist, all right? Uh, it's just that we have so many passwords and so many uh, security features uh, from our jobs. From So it seems like we're running or headed towards... Uh, you know, like one biometrical uh, security, um, whether it's be, you know, it's through the eye, like ret retin or something like that. And and we already have this uh, sort of like experience with China where, you know, there is a, a form of uh, social credit uh, and your every step is monitored. Uh, do you think is this something that could happen here or are we headed there? And thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, it could, but I don't know if it will, but it could. Um, so that's why you have, you know, the data privacy regulation right. to protect the individuals. Mm -hmm. But again, we need to find the balance between protecting the, the individual's right and innovation. Um, we got to remember that software power is something important. And what's software power? Um, it's not a term that I was the one who created. It comes from a professor from Harvard. And the software power, power is the influence that a country can have culturally or in innovation in some other societies. And um, Definitely the United States has a very strong software power when it comes to uh, being influent in some other societies. So I think that's one of the reasons why we don't have a more comprehensive data privacy regulation here in the US. Maybe we haven't uh, found common grounds. We haven't been able to, to find that specific balance. Um, in Europe that they decided to have in many other countries a data privacy because maybe they th they think about the individuals mm -hmm. um, not as much as the business and that's just a different way of, of seeing things um, and that's why each country has its own culture and its own government because they are independent here in the US we got to find the balance between both things uh, because if we don't do anything, we pretty much know what could happen, right? Um, but if we protect too much, like India, for example, just an example, 
uh, one of our guests for the podcast was one consultant that's uh, now it's going to be part of our team. She's from India. She has just finished her her um, college degree here in the United States, her second college degree, because she's already an Indian um, a lawyer. Um, so she has graduated from Georgia, Georgiatown University. And um, she told me that uh, the India data privacy regulation doesn't have one uh, specific legal base, what legal base is. Those regulations usually, not here in the US, they are going to tell you what kind of, a, under which circumstances and mm -hmm. situations you can use personal information. If you don't follow under one of those uh, legal bases, you can't use personal information. Mm -hmm. One of them is legitimate interest. That legal base gives the opportunity to business to use personal information without consent if we fit under that specific uh, category of uh, legitimate interest. In China, in India, there isn't such thing. I'm wondering how they are going to keep innovating without that specific permission, legal permission. So we got to find, you know, that balance. So I think that here in the United States, it's going to take a while. But we've seen states, you know, deciding once the federal government doesn't decide mm -hmm. for the whole country, those state governments, they are doing a couple of things or a lot of things, I would say, because 12 country, 12 states, that's quite a lot, especially when you have California and, and Texas in, in that list. Right. Okay. Excellent. So. Now let's go for the final question. Anybody else wants to be the final person, the last person to ask, to ask a question to Marcio? Anybody? Well, if you no know questions, Marcio, thanks very much for your uh, participation. It's always a pleasure to see you. My pleasure. Uh, we'd like to see you again more often later. You know, we definitely will see each other more times. For those in the audience, thanks very much for the participation. It's always a pleasure to see you and have you and look forward for other future podcasts with other guests in this series, Atlantis University podcast. So thanks very much for your time. All the best. I'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.